0: Welcome to Ag Vic Talk, keeping you up to date with information from Agriculture Victoria.
1: Spring is a crucial time for pasture management. What factors though should producers consider if the land was burnt in last summer's fires? There are a range of things to take into account – and a person with experience and insight to this is Agriculture Victoria Livestock Extension Officer Fiona Baker. And she joins me now in the Ag Vic Talk studio. Fiona, thanks for your time. Not a problem. Fiona, I'd like to take a bit of a step back. What sort of effects can fire have on pastures? And I imagine there's a range of things to consider from fire intensity all through to the type of pasture.
0: Yeah, so the intensity of the burn has a big impact on the potential for pastures to recover down the track. So really hot burns where we see um, an ash bed being formed, we basically don't see pastures come back from that at all and they tend to need to uh, be renovated and started over again. But generally what we see on most farming situations is uh, a much lower intensity burn, either a very cool burn or a moderate burn. And... Where we've got a cool burn going across, we see pretty much the whole pasture recovering. Where we've got a moderate burn going across, we can lose up to 50% of the pasture species out of those areas and they may not grow back. But it really is dependent on the pasture species that are present as well. Are they native pastures? Are they some of our improved pastures, ryegrass, coxfoot, And also the age of the pasture, we've noticed, makes a big difference as well. So from the fires that we saw recently over January 2020, we saw that brand new pastures that had been re-sown the previous year, so they were basically less than 12 months old, Regardless of the species, they generally struggle to come back. And what we saw with well-established pastures that have been there for quite a while, whether they were native pastures or introduced species, so your rye grasses, cocksfoots, et cetera, if they were older than 12 months old, we've seen quite good recovery from most of those pastures. So it really does depend on that intensity of burn and the species as well.
1: Fiona, how then do producers know if they actually do need to re
0: one of the best things they can do is just to get out and have a look at those pastures. So have a look about how much bare ground they can actually see in those pastures, because too much bare ground leaves it prone to erosion, but also allows a lot of weed invasion in those pastures. And that's probably the last thing that they want to happen. And post fires, they often have to bring in quite a lot of feed in terms of hay in particular, and sometimes silage but hay's a large risk in terms of bringing in uh, weeds in terms of seeds that might be in that hay itself. So the more bare ground that they've got in their paddocks where they're feeding hay, the more likely they are to get those weeds up and growing and cause them issues down the track. So if they can have a look in their paddocks and just see how many species that they actually want in their pastures are actually present versus bare ground, that will give them a fairly good idea.
1: Well Fiona, drilling down a little bit further then, what's the best way a producer should go about making that assessment to resow?
0: Getting out and wandering across the paddock, I guess it depends on how big the paddock is. So you can either do it on foot or you can do it off a bike or a horse. If you're doing it by foot, I tend to do it every 10 or 20 paces, have a look down at the toe of my boot and see what's there. Is it bare ground? Is it a grass that I want growing or is it a weed? and just making a little mark on a a bit of paper in a notebook or something along those lines. And do that as many times as you can across a paddock. Generally, I like to say do it a minimum of 20 times, ideally 50 times across the paddock at 50 different spots to do the assessment. And then all you have to do if you've done it 20 times is multiply it by five. If you've done it 50 times, multiply it by two to get a percentage. And that gives you an idea of how much bare ground you've got or how much of the desired species you've got. So if you've got less than 70% of the desired species, so more than 30% bare ground as well, that's probably a trigger to say you possibly need to think about resowing. So if you do that assessment in spring, it can be a very good time to do it. And that will give you an idea about whether you really need to have a good look in that autumn period if you have good rainfall over the spring and early summer months, your desirable species, of grasses in particular, might actually tiller and thicken out in those pastures, which means basically you may not need to re in the autumn. But if we have a particularly dry spring and summer, those bare patches may actually increase in size and you'll definitely need to do re in that autumn period.
1: Fiona, you've talked a little bit about spring there, but what are the key grazing management strategies to think about this spring following the fires?
0: It's the common grazing management methods that we use during normal years, regardless of whether there's been a fire or not. So ideally, we want to graze to what we call leaf stage as much as possible. So particularly our introduced species like ryegrass and cocksfoot and phalaris, they have leaf stages that they prefer to be grazed at to make sure that they stay in the system. Ryegrass prefers to be grazed at two and a half to three leaves. Coxfoot and Phalaris prefer to be grazed at about the four leaf stage. And if we do this, we actually maximize the amount of leaf we grow, but also the amount of root that's being grown below the soil surface. And this really sets that plant up to be in your system long-term. If we keep coming back and grazing those plants too quickly and too early and they don't get out to that leaf stage, we actually damage the root system underneath and they can be prone to being pulled out quite easily. And they also struggle to access moisture deep down in the profile, so we actually shorten their growing season. Most grass species will actually tiller out, which is making new little plants off to the side of the main parent plant. And this is how our pastures thicken up over time. So we need light to be able to get down to the base of those plants to trigger off the tillering process. But most plants also won't start tillering until they get near that leaf stage for grazing. So like ryegrass generally tends not to think too hard about tillering out until it's about that two two and a half leaf stage coxfoot and phalaris probably about the three leaf stage before they think about tillering out and then we want to also make sure we don't graze down too hard so have the appropriate residuals left behind so if we grow down below one thousand kilograms of dry matter per hectare, we can actually start to damage the plant itself because it's actually got energy reserves in that last little bit of stubble. and it uses as well as energy out of the roots. It uses energy out of that remnant stem or the residual to start powering out those first new leaves before they can use the sunlight to capture it. So, when you're thinking about a thousand kilograms of dry matter per hectare, that's just three centimetres in height. So if you can leave three centimetres residuals behind, that'll set the pastures up really well for good, strong, healthy regrowth. Some of the other things we might need to think about over spring, particularly if we have got some weeds growing in what were those bare patches, is thinking about controlling those weeds with a bit of herbicide. So some weeds can be spray grazed and that's just where a light application of herbicide is applied. There's usually a withhold period to keep the stock off, which is usually around seven days. And then you can put the stock in to graze the pasture, including those weeds. I guess one other one that just sprang to mind then is if they do have some annuals or they don't have a lot of stock in their system, they've got some bare open patches, is it might be the kind of year where you might want to let grasses go to seed and drop that seed into the pasture to help thicken it up as well. The majority of thickening up of pasture happens through that tillering process, but recruitment from seed does happen as well. So it might be one of those years post-fire that people might consider doing that.
1: Fiona, you mentioned there post-fire. If farmers are in a position to cut fodder after a fire, what do they need to think about?
0: Yeah, it's a good one. So where a lot of people may not have bought the normal number of stock back, but if they've had half-decent rainfall, which has generated good pasture growth, they might be finding that they've got surplus feed on hand that they want to cut as fodder. So in particular, what you really want to think about if you have cut fodder or are going to cut fodder is as soon as you cut that hay or silage, off those paddocks, is to replace the nutrients. Because what we're doing when we take off hay or silage off a paddock is we're pulling phosphorus, potassium and sulfur out of those paddocks. If we were going to feed the hay and silage straight back onto those paddocks to stock, they recycle those nutrients and replace most of them back. But more often than not, we'll cut off one or two paddocks and then feed it out somewhere else. So we're actually moving those nutrients to another area. So if we want those pastures to grow back really strong and healthy, we need to put back that phosphorus, potassium and sulfur. And there's usually about three kilos of phosphorus for every one tonne of dry matter removed in hay and silage. When we're looking at potassium in hay, there's roughly 15 kilos for every one tonne of dry matter removed. So that Potassium in particular, we're removing quite a lot out of the system. So we can actually cause a deficiency quite quickly if we don't replace those nutrients. So it's just something to really think about if we want those pastures to recover. They've already been through a very stressful period in terms of being burnt. We just want to make sure that they're well set up as much as possible to take into use the rainfall that comes in this autumn period that's coming forwards and get those pastures really up and firing and growing, ready to have animals brought back into the system.
1: Fiona, looking a little bit further ahead over the horizon, do people have to wait until autumn to resow?
0: No, not really. Some people will try spring sowing, particularly of ryegrass, cocksfoots, phalaris, et That can be difficult. If you think it's going to rain over that sort of late spring and early summer period, you can generally get away with a bit of spring sowing. But what we usually recommend is wait till autumn to re-sow because you're more guaranteed a rainfall event to allow germination to happen. If you do need feed going through that spring and summer period, there are other options such as summer fodder crops like chicory, some of the brassicas and they can actually be used over that late spring, summer and early autumn period to fill that feed gap and then in autumn you can move into putting in your actual pasture itself, your perennial species. So there's there's options to think about and probably talking to a local seed agronomist is a very good idea just to identify which species are best suited for what you're trying to achieve with your animals, as well as what you're trying to achieve in your pasture rotation. So if you've got a lot of bare ground at the moment through this sort of spring period, it probably is advisable to put some sort of fodder crop in just so you've got a good ground cover over that summer period to minimise any soil erosion and then go into your pastures in that autumn period. But if you've got good ground cover already and you, you're thinking maybe I don't need a huge flush of feed over summer, you can actually hold off until autumn to do your re
1: Fiona Baker, Agriculture Victoria Livestock Extension Officer, thank you for joining me in the Ag Vic Talk studio.
0: Not a problem. Cheers.
1: For more fire recovery, pastures and feeding livestock information, producers can visit the Agriculture Victoria website.
0: Thank you for listening to Ag Vic Talk. For more episodes in this series, find us and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.